What's up, everybody? Uh, Doug here. Uh, another solo episode for this week. Um, basically, on our end, uh, you've probably seen a delay in recordings, and that was because that we couldn't do our normal day for recording uh, on this particular week, and every other day this week was just completely thrown off by the little winter storm that we had blow through our area. And, uh, yeah, so that basically leads us to the point where we're here now, and we have a, uh, a little bonus episode where I'm gonna talk about some games that I've been, uh, so some demos that I've been playing, and just some thoughts about a game that I am reviewing that just released in its 1.0 build. Uh, but uh, first, there was something that I was going to, you know, by the time you've heard this episode, you've heard the episode that I did record last week, which was the ROG Ally review. Uh, if you haven't listened to that episode yet, you should go check it out because, you know, I talk about uh, all the things that I like about the ROG Ally and the, the, the pros and cons that it has over the Steam Deck. Uh, but yeah, so basically I was going to talk about uh, the Yakuza series and how I'm enjoying that so far. Uh, but I had a, a little personal fan. The thing about the podcast is that if I'm recording this podcast, there is like a 75% chance that there is going to be some kind of family emergency or there's going to be some kind of, uh, phone call that comes through. And if, if I'm not recording, it'll never happen. But this, the second that I hit the record button, it's going to happen. Um, so yeah, the, the, the Yakuza, you know, the Yakuza talk kind of got cut off. And uh, basically my, my place with the, the, the Yakuza franchise right now is I have decided that Yakuza 0 through 6 is something that I will go back to eventually. Um, but I've kind of started with Yakuza Like a Dragon uh, it was the first game that I beat this year, and then I went and completed Like a Dragon Gaiden, uh, A Man Who Erased His Name. I've beaten both of those games, and Like a Dragon is a game that I did not put as much time as I wanted into it, because I've got so many other games that I was trying to get to on my list. But, I mean, just the sheer amount of content in that game, I, I want to say that I I did some side stuff, but I think my final game time on that was about 35 to 40 hours. And when Infinite Wealth comes out, that game is just going to completely take over my life. I just know it will. And the only reason that that game is a little bit further on my list right now is because it's not coming out on Game Pass, and Like a Dragon was on Game Pass, and Like a Dragon Gaiden was on Game Pass. Um, but when that game comes out, I've made the decision that I am not taking any shortcuts in getting my money's worth out of that game. I'm going to play as much of the side content as I can. I'm going to play as much of the main story as I can, just so I can get a deeper appreciation for it. Because there was so much in Like a Dragon that I didn't get to look at. Uh, I didn't do, I didn't get to really get into Dragon Kart, which I'm assuming it's just like Mario Kart. And then there is a Pokemon clone in Like a Dragon where uh, it's called Sujimon. And I think I've talked about this on the podcast before. Uh, just doing all that stuff uh, is taking the Yakuza franchise and putting it in a turn-based format. I think it was just a really smart thing for them to do. Uh, it really revitalized the combat and made it feel like something where uh, 
I, I had fun. Like it, it was a thing where if I needed to grind in like a dragon, it didn't feel like a chore because the the combat was so the you know the the enemies that you're fighting are so colorful and the combat's great. Uh, the skills are fun and again going back to the uh, j- just the versatility of the RG ally, I was able to when whenever I did need to grind for the game, I was able to turn the in game audio down. And then I would switch over to Spotify, click on a podcast, and just start grinding out levels and uh, raising money, stuff like that. And even the there's a real estate mini game inside of Like a Dragon, where basically <clears throat> you're basically you're basically buying property and managing the 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 not the clientele the uh, the management of each property. And you basically you go through. You're upgrading it. You're you're hiring new employees, moving moving them around, and basically you have to get uh, Ichiban Holdings to the max rank. And I never got to max rank. I just got far enough to where I could get because there, there's a. I mean, this isn't really a spoiler, but there's a quest in Like a Dragon where you have to get three million yen, and that was just the best way to do it. Was doing that, and there was an, a, a missable party member. That you can, uh, like, I I didn't even know that this party member was in the game until a good ways through it when I had to, uh, again, no spoilers, but there's a part where you lose a party member. And I had, like, I was looking up a uh, walkthrough of one of the boss fights. It's like, well, how do I get through this? And that was when I learned about that party member because the IGN guide I was looking at had that third party member. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, I've never, like... I've always heard of Yakuza as like the franchise where you don't get it until you do. And that is a hundred percent accurate. I did not really mesh with Yakuza zero when I tried it. Like I loved the story and what was going on in that world. But the problem with it was, uh, I did not agree with the save mechanic. Uh, which, you know, if you, you, you've heard me talk about this in other episodes where in Yakuza 0, you can only save at a phone booth and the game doesn't always let you save. So there are these stretches where you could go hour and a half, two hours between saves. And as a father and, you know, a, a husband, I just don't always have that time to dedicate to one single game. And plus, you know, I've got all these games that I'm doing for review that really cut into that time and, you know, this game that doesn't let that, that, that basically has you by the balls. Uh, it doesn't always give you the leeway that you need to get out of it. <clears throat> and, you know, like a dragon and uh, like a dragon Gaiden, they, they really loosen the reins a little bit. And as long as you're not in a dungeon or uh, in a cutscene, you can save the game at any time, which is a big plus, but you know, still, let it, let me save in the dungeon. There's no reason I can't save in a dungeon. It's just stupid. Um, but the, the Yakuza franchise, I'm really enjoying it. Uh, both both in Like a Dragon and Gaiden, I, there were moments where the story was so good. Uh, I had just grown to love these characters so much that I, I, I'm i not ashamed to admit it. I cried. Uh, I, I, I cried in Like a Dragon, but the ending of Like a Dragon Gaiden was absolutely heartbreaking and beautiful all at the same time and it just makes me that much more excited for uh infinite wealth when it does come out uh 
and even even with infinite wealth my, I, I was looking at my my gaming schedule i've got like a little schedule that i keep on my excel i, I have an excel spreadsheet uh, i make a new one every year and right now when i look at it i'm going through uh, a second playthrough of final fantasy 7 remake because the first time i played the, I, like the first time I played Final Fantasy VII Remake, I want to say uh, on the review episode of Here We Are Gaming, I, I, I think I gave it like a 7 or an 8 because I felt like a lot of the... I, I feel like Final Fantasy VII Remake is like the Final Fantasy... Uh, yeah, sorry, let me start that over. Uh, FF7 Remake is like the Fast and the Furious of gaming where it is really it is at its best if you turn your brain off because the second that you start to really think about the things that are going on in that game it doesn't work uh a lot of things don't make sense and some things are just plain stupid but so i was wanting to go back through play it again and let me just say both on the steam deck and the rg ally this game looks incredible it performs incredibly uh the only time that i've had a problem with performance was in the the wall market section of the game uh, basically the nightlife uh the, the game kind of had some moments where it was struggling to keep up but you know i'm i'm deep into it uh I, I think i'm on chapter 11 and i think there's 18 chapters and then after that i've got the remake uh intergrade i never played the Yuffie dlc that came out so like both of those things are, are things that i'm really wanting to get into after that, I've got the Final Fantasy XIV and the World of Warcraft updates that came out this week. Uh, I'm, re I'm really excited for the World of Warcraft update. Uh, you know, I'm excited for both. But the World of Warcraft update, uh, it has the basically the dragon, the Dragonflight epilogue. Is that, what, is that what it's called? World of Warcraft Dragonflight? That sounds right. It's basically got the epilogue uh, leading out of that expansion. And it's also got the... Uh, it's, it's got a reclamation of Gilnea's storyline, which is really cool for me because my main is a Worgen hunter. And the Worgen opening storyline is basically, that was the, the hook that finally got me interested in World of Warcraft. Because I, I had tried that game so many times, and so many of my friends were into it, but I just never, the hook never got me. And then uh, I started up a Worgen, not expecting it to hook me. It was... It was like, I don't know what the trial period goes up to now, but back then it was, you got to level, you could play for free up until level 20. And I remember get, playing on my little crappy laptop as much as I could. And when I hit level 20, I just remember like quietly just slowly going and getting the subscription because I was like, this is too good for me to not keep playing it. And I, I have put an un. Uh, I was about to say unholy, but the word I'm looking for is unhealthy amount of hours into World of Warcraft uh, since then. So that update is really, uh, really high on my like high on my list of things that I want to play. Um, I think after that, I've got Pal World, which is uh, if you haven't heard about this, it's a uh, Pokemon with guns game basically, and it's going to be on Game Pass. Once I get through all of these things. I have a choice. Uh, basically, I'm going to have to choose on if I want to start Persona 3 Reload or Yakuza Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth. And I think it's just going to depend on where, like, 
I think it's just going to depend on where it lands. I think I'm going to do Persona 3 Reload because it's on Game Pass. And then after that, I'll do Yakuza. And then after, by, by the time I'm done with those two games, you know, Final Fantasy VII Remake Part 2, which uh, Rebirth, is going to be out. But I'm on, like, I'm honestly in this place where I'm questioning, do I, do I go back and play Crisis Core again first? Because he's got the Zack storyline in there. That's going to be something that I really think about. Like, I'm really going to consider that. And, and I've, I've heard a lot about The Last of Us 2 uh, remastered that came out. And that's got me wanting to go play one and two of that game again. So, I mean, just, just a lot on the gaming plate right now. Um, also, also, uh, I've, I've kind of not, not given up on the prospect of the Call of Duty interview. I'm just looking for a different way to do it because the, uh, I'm thinking about possibly doing the console versions instead of the PC versions because basically like, there's no nice way to say it. Call of Duty does not like it. it the, the PC versions do not play nice with the controller setup. Uh, I know it's possible because I played through Modern Warfare One and Two on controller setups. And well, I I honestly cannot. Rem- I don't think. Okay, no, no, no. Uh, the basically the original Modern Warfare trilogy were all like the, they were PC games that did not have gamepad support, which is stupid. I'm, I'm going to keep saying this. If you have a PC game and you have a console port of said PC game, there should be, you've done the work. Uh, the, the, that console support should have been ported over to the PC version. Uh, it, and it, it, it's, it's just baffling to me. If you, ha- if you have the, the work done, I don't know why it's not there. Um, but yeah, that's, that's my, my gaming outlook going forward. Um, I've, I've gone and purchased, well, I don't, I've, I've, I'm wanting to do a Final Fantasy playthrough where I play the Final Fantasy games. Um, Final Fantasy, Yakuza, and Call of Duty are the, the franchises that I really want to focus on right now. And, you know, Golden Sun has had a resurgence in the, in, in the news because it's on Switch Online. It's, uh, I think it's out now. I think it came out on the 17th. So yeah, just just a lot of gaming going around right now. Sorry, I was taking a sip of my drink. But uh, but for now, I'm gonna talk about some uh, some embargoed stuff. By the time this episode comes out, the embargo will be lifted. That's why I'm talking about it. The first one is a game called Realm of Ink, and it's basically the best way I can describe it to you is. Imagine Hades, but in a, in an Asian, uh, and, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, not environment, but it's basically, it's got, it's basically Hades with Chinese, you know, it's got like a paintbrush art style. It's got, you know, enemies from Chinese, but it's got like Chinese mythological enemies, stuff like that. Uh, I don't know the word I'm looking for. Uh, but yeah, you know, it plays a lot like Hades where instead of the... I never got to pick a new weapon. It was mainly just uh, 
you've got your weapon and you can pick up different abilities as you go in each run. Uh, you can, you can unlock, you can, you know, collect money and go through to unlock new abilities, stuff like that. Uh, this was just a demo that I played. Um, so there wasn't a whole lot of content in, you know, to, to, to dive into and you know, it's just a demo. I think, I think that this is going to be in the steam next fest. Um, I'm going to have to reach check my emails on that, but again, I'm driving, so I can't really do that anymore, but I, I'm almost certain this is the steam next fest thing. And this, this was a lot of fun. I definitely recommend you put this on your radar, you know, try it out when it is available publicly. It, it, the art style is beautiful. It ran great on the ROG Ally. The the controls worked out of the box, which is a, a lifesaver. I love that. I love it when games just work outside of the box. Um, uh, another one that I haven't talked about here is another Steam Next Fest demo. It's a game called uh, I'm blanking. I think it's Brewing Bastards. Hold on, I'm gonna double check that. Uh, I ha I have a document on my seat here. I'm gonna pull over here for a second just so I can look at this. It is Bruising Bastards. Okay, I was right. Uh, again, this is just a demo. It is a co-op dungeon crawler esque experience. Um. I was not as high on this one as I was Realms of Ink. I I think it basically it just needs polish, really. Um, I th I think the 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 one issue that I had with it is it's like an isometric dungeon ca crawler where you can you can play with up to four people. Uh, and when you think of isometric dungeon games, you're you're, you're thinking. Like, my touchstone for that genre is usually the Diablo franchise. And when I play Diablo, it is very tight. Um, when I'm playing that game, my you, you have to be precise, and your attacks have to land in, in certain ways, and you have to do certain things in succession to get a really good damage pool going. And I didn't feel like that was a thing here. I felt that uh, it was kind of floaty, I, I guess is the word that I would say for it. Um, but that, I, I think that's something they could tighten in the future. Yeah, again, this is a demo. Uh, the art style, I really did love the art style. Um, as you're playing through, you can get these brews, which basically are ba uh, buffs, basically. Uh, there, there's, there's brews that heal you. There are brews that you can throw to do damage, stuff like that. And... It's a really cool system. I, I, I will say that. Uh, as I was going through, I was always checking to see the brews that drop because you can only carry like two at a time. So I was always checking the brews to see if it was better than the ones that I had in my inventory. Uh, there were these little uh, interesting platforming sections where you have to you know, dash across gaps and dodge traps that are in the levels. And all that's well and good. Uh I think before I give any full impressions on this game, I really do need to see more. Uh, I'm not going to say it's bad because I don't think it's bad, but it's, it's not in a, it's not in a great place. Like I, I would want to see it either. Um, 
I also would want to see how this game plays in a party setting because, again, this is was an early access demo that I was playing, so I didn't really have anybody to share this experience with. Um, but yeah, if you like games, you know, basically little isometric party games, I think this is a good game to look into for you. Um, next up on the list, I have this game that it just released in early access and hold on. No, that's not right. Uh, what I meant to say is it, it's, it got its 1.0 update. Let's see when, uh, was to, no, it was yesterday. Uh, it's called Immortal life. Uh, from what I understand, it's been in early access for a while now. It is basically another Stardew Valley type game. And this is mainly just to give my impressions of it now. Because, uh, honestly, I've got a lot more of this game that I need to play before I... Oh, goodness, that truck sounds horrible. Uh, There is traffic here. So, I have the time to make this episode a little bit longer if if we need to. Uh, Where was I? Oh, Immortal Life. So, this is basically, again... uh, Influence. That's the word I was looking for earlier. This is basically Stardew Valley and with Asian influence. Uh, I want to say Chinese, but I don't want to be wrong. I think it's Chinese. Uh, so basically, this is a game that really tries to subvert expectations on what it is. Uh, it, it, it's a farming slash life sim but it does things differently that really help it stand out from the other games. Uh, you know, in the past year, I played uh, Roots of Pacha. I played Fae Farm. And both of those games are really good at being what they are while also trying to do things that were differently. Like Fae Farm was more of a magical experience, uh, more focused on you know, making magic things and stuff like that. Uh, Roots of Pacha was a farming sim that was, you know, set in uh, the, the, the Stone Age, basically. Uh, so there were differences there where you did not have, you know, modern things in it. And where this game really sets itself apart, I feel, is that Almost, uh, you know, in all, in all these games, you, you, you show up and you're like, oh my god, I'm in this peaceful area. Let's start a farm. And that's, like, you show up and you're like, oh my god, this is such a peaceful... And then, like, these, these uh, the, the settlement's attacked and it's completely destroyed. And the mission of the game starts into the, uh, basically rebuilding the settlement. And it... You, you get your farm and you get your tools. You, you get like a really quick tutorial about how to farm and all that, blah, blah, blah. But, uh, and, and then you get the, the second thing that where I was like, oh my God, this is really special. You get a water gourd and you can use this water gourd as a standard watering can like any other farming game, or you can use it to, uh, it, it's, a, it's magic. So you can conjure a rain cloud that basically spreads over a wider area and it uses mana, but it helps you really not. I mean, you, you, you water your crops so much faster. Uh, 
and there are also these like these magic tags you can use where you you can use it over your crops and the crops that you use it on uh mature to harvest immediately so just really cool things happening there and the i will say the one thing that i did not like was that you don't recover mana when you sleep which that doesn't really make sense to me i get you know, you, you recover mana by finding these little mana uh, supplies throughout the world, like throughout the map. And then there's like an upgrade where you can meditate to get back mana. But if you can meditate to get it back, why wouldn't sleep get it back? You know what I'm saying? Uh, <clears throat> it's just an odd choice is, is what I'm getting at. I'm taking another sip. Uh, the The farming is exactly what you think it would be. You plant crops, you water them, you harvest them, you sell them. Uh, some days it's raining, you don't have to water the crops, you can do whatever you want. <clears throat> uh, again, you are rebuilding your settlement. So as you're selling things, you can go and dump those resources into building things out in the settlement, which, I mean, you can, like, you can build the upgrade, which allows you to meditate. You can build your town hall, a workshop, things like that. Uh, it really just is your choice of what you want to allocate your resources to. The, <clears throat> uh, the, the cooking mechanic, I really love the cooking mechanic. It's basically, they put overcooked into this game is basically what it is, where you go in and you can rent out the kitchen uh, for a fee and you can... Uh, after you pay the fee, you can kind of just use the kitchen as you wish. Uh, and ba- basically you're limited to the recipes you have and the ingredients that you have on hand. Uh, let, let's just say you're wanting to do like, the, I think the braised carp is you go in and you, you pick up the fish, you put it on the cutting table, you cut it up, you throw it in the stir fry pan, and then you go and you get the veggies, you chop those up, and then you add that to the pan, you stir fry it, you take it over to the serving plate. And once you get there, if you do the, the, the mini game fast enough, you can get a three-star rating. Once you get the three-star rating, then you can quit, uh, fast cook, quick cook, one of those things. I think it's called fast cook, where basically you can, uh, if you have the ingredients, you can say, I want to make five of these, and then boom, you've got five of the, 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 the dishes, which is, you know, if, if you just have like a lot of things you want to cook, you can do that to, you know, just get things done quicker. I really enjoyed that mechanic. I thought that it was really clever for them to have that. Uh, it made me want to cook. There's actually a, uh, a quest line where you can help out in the kitchen for money. And I did it every single day because I loved, I loved the cooking mechanic. I loved being able to, to learn, the, the, the different areas of the kitchen so that I could, uh, so that I could basically, it it gives you money and it's a fun little mini game. Uh, I think it's really smart what they did with cooking in the game. Uh, the fishing, there's fishing. It's, you know how Animal Crossing New Horizons, that fishing mechanic was, you know, you, you you throw the bobber out and then you can see a fish going to it and it can, uh, you just basically, you have to wait until the fish fully pulls the bobber down and then you can yank the fish out of the water. There's no little mini game where you're sitting there and you, the, the fish bites and you got to keep it in between two bars. No, it's no silliness. It's a, it's a solid fishing mechanic. 
and I think it's one of the smarter fishing mechanics, honestly. Um, let's see what else we got here. There are uh, there there's social elements where you can befriend villagers, you can romance the villagers. Uh, I will say. I have picked who I want to romance and I, I give the, I give this lady gifts every day. I talk to her every day and I have not even gotten like, uh, any hearts. Like I've not filled in anything on her bar. So I'm not sure that's something that isn't working or if there is just an insane amount of work that you have to put into romance these characters. I don't know. Um, but when I give my finalized review, that will be something that we look at. Another thing I want to touch on are the dungeons in the game. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Before we get to the dungeons, uh, there is a crane system, like the uh, origami paper crane. Uh, and basically, basically, it's like text messages. Uh, as you go through the game, you always see that you got a, a crane. And basically, you can open that up, and it's a message where, you know, sometimes they just want to talk and you can like, you can, you know, write a response back and send a crane back to them. Or you could just get cranes that, um, that give you items. And I thought that was really cool. It was a a neat little social element. And there also are, uh, there are also, that's what I'm looking for. Uh, there's a request board. Uh, basically where you can go to it every day and there's going to be a list of things that people need and you can choose, you can choose them. You can ignore them. Uh, it's basically a way to up your social rankings and, you know, get money or items that you need. Uh, just, just, you know, cool little side stuff you can do the, okay. So going over to the dungeons, there are the, the dungeons basically, uh, work, works like a mix between, uh, shoot 'em up and a, well, you know what? Yeah, uh, kind of like how the demon hunter worked in Diablo three. Uh, you basically point which way you want to shoot and you shoot. Uh, you also have a an action bar where you can unlock spells that uh, also help you in combat. But yeah, you basically you go through, you kill enemies as you go, uh, as you look for the next floor. You can mine for materials. I will say that I, I felt like mining for materials was really like, I never felt like it was a chore. Honestly, I felt like I was always working towards something, which is really nice. I think that this was a smart way to do dungeons, uh, that was different from, uh, how Stardew Valley and Faith Farm did it. Cause I felt like those were really clunky. Uh, I, I liked how Roots of Pacha handled their dungeons where it just, there, there was no combat in those dungeons. It was more of a exploration thing. Uh, I was, uh, with, with all those, those positive elements that I've been talking about here, uh, the, the one thing that I do want to talk about is this game does need some polish. Uh, once I get into the 1.0 update, I will give updated thoughts and I'm not going to publish the written review for this game until I, I, well, I might publish a preview build. Uh, uh, basically what I've been playing before 1.0 launched, but I have not actually got into 1.0 yet. Uh, it was basically, uh, I think what the, the PR team told me was that it was not, uh, localized yet, but they did give me a list of things that were going to be in 1.0. So, uh, 
as I go further along, I'm going to update this. But basically, uh, the, the game on a Steam page says that there are controller support, and there is, but it does not fully work. Um, the, the, the main menu, uh, I tried this on the ROG Ally, and I had to use the touchscreen to make my character, which was not ideal. Uh, if, if you're gonna have controller support, everything needs to work. Uh, that's just something that I'm very adamant on. If you say, if you say there's controller support, there needs to be full controller support, not partial controller support. Uh, the, what, what really threw me off at first was that this game has the, the, what I call the Japanese, uh, gaming setup where the B button is actually the A button. So it took some getting used to. I don't know if that is fixed in 1.0. Uh, but I had a lot of issues starting out because sometimes the start and select button will stop working. Uh, there are workarounds, but it's, it's just really annoying to, you know, to have that. Also, the, the save mechanic is both is kind of like a double-edged sword where it's not tied to uh, going to sleep like most of these games are. You know, most of these farming games, it saves every time you go to sleep. This one is tied to save points, you know, located throughout the map. That's better. That's better than the other farming sims. Just give me a save button. It's not going to hurt anything to save in the middle of the day. It's not. Just let me save. There's no, it's not a big deal. It's not going to break the game. I don't know why Stardew Valley won't let me save in the middle of a day. Uh, that's why the Switch version of Stardew Valley was so popular. Because you could put it in sleep mode and go about your day, no matter where you were, what you were doing. Uh, just something that really needs to be implemented. I'm trying to think if I had any other technical issues, but I, I think the only thing that really needs to be addressed is... There are, oh, there is actually a quest that is broken in my game that I'm hoping will be fixed when the 1.0 update, uh, basically, uh, there is a character that needs a letter from the townspeople. The townspeople give you said letter, and when you go to deliver the letter, the game does not recognize that you have it. So I'm basically stuck. Uh, so I'm hoping that when I launch the, uh, 1.0 version of the game that is fixed, um... Yeah, so, like, I, oh, uh, the the as far as battery life goes, this game is a real killer on the battery. Uh, you wouldn't think it would be because, you know, the, the art style is kind of you know, simplistic. Well, not simplistic. Uh, what I mean is, like, it's not like a, you're not playing, uh, but what's a good example? Like, th this isn't Baldur's Gate 3. Uh, it's it's kind of simple in its design. So, you, you would think that it wouldn't drain the battery like it does, but it absolutely does. Uh audio wise it's fine uh it's got a nice relaxing soundtrack to go with what you're doing uh the graphics i feel can be a little stilted sometimes uh and you'll notice this especially when you go to jump for the first time that the animation just doesn't seem like it's there yet but i think that you know future updates could possibly fix that but all in all, I think that Immortal Life is a fantastic farming sim. Uh, it's got some issues, uh, technical and controller-wise. Other than that, I cannot recommend this game enough. 
I will give updated thoughts whenever I get further into the game and I get to try out some of the 1.0 changes, stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, so that's everything that I had initially planned on talking about, but we're still in traffic. Um, so I, I, I will say that I am playing a game. I just got the review code today. Let me see. Let me see what this game's called. Uh, I, have got like a vague idea of what it's called, but I don't want to say the wrong name because I've done that before and I feel super bad. Um, but, 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 Timberborn. So this game is actually a, it's kind of like a, uh, a, 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 well, it's not really a city. It's a, like a, a settlement builder where you, you basically, you're commanding a bunch of beavers and I pretty early on in the game, I thought it was like a, just like a relaxing little city builder, you know? And I was texting somebody about this game because when I, uh, got the, basically when I got the email saying, Hey, you want to request this game? I was like, I don't know. I was looking at the steam page. I saw one of my friends had this game and I went to check it out, asked him about it. And as I'm playing this game today, I text him like, Hey, you know, I'm putting these beavers to work. I think I'm going to like this game. And he said, yeah, uh, it's really cool. I thought I was doing good, but then the beavers started dying and that told me that the beavers can die. And I'm just waiting on this to happen because right now, right now my beavers are pretty happy. They've got, uh, uh, they've, they're in the green. Uh, they're, they're, they're pretty stoked about what's going on in Beaverton right now. Um, so that's something that I'm going to, I'm, you know, I'm going to talk about that in the future. Um, we're going to have a review for that. Uh, if things go as I want them to and nothing crazy happens, uh, I think next week, uh, Leo and I are finally going to be able to talk about Chia, which is a game from, uh, last, yeah, last year. Uh, it was an Epic Games title that I just couldn't really dive into until I got the RGL. I mean, I, technically I could have, I could have played this game. I just, I, I was very stubborn about not getting into the Epic's game side of things. But let me tell you, Epic Games launcher is pretty cool. It's pretty cool. They got some cool stuff going on over there. And I think it's, uh, it's worth you looking into, but yeah, the Chia review is going to go through. And we've also got some other games that we're going to be reviewing, uh, from Leo's side, but yeah, I think that's a good place to end it. Uh, good episode, guys. Uh, I'm really proud of us. And uh, I will see you guys next time. See you later. I realized that I did not... Uh, I did... Open. Okay, now we're ending.